Hi, I'm Nathan. And I'm Emily. And this is Mess is More. A messy marriage podcast. We're here to get real with you about the fun and the flaws. The grief and the gratitude. The mirth and the myth of marriage. We all know that partnerships are powerful, but they're also pretty messy. And getting to the good stuff can take a lot of trial and error. So join us while we talk about our mistakes and the lessons we've learned about relationships. So far. Because it's not always perfect. But it's usually worth it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Here we go. It's called Messes More. Oh, we can't wait. Welcome if you've been listening for years. Welcome if this is your first episode. We got a good one. You are in for it. A treat. A delight. <laughs> a moosh-boosh of marital advice. Okay. Are you excited? I am excited. I wasn't asking you. I was asking oh, our excited. listeners. Well, of course they're excited because I'm projecting excitement onto them. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as we know, they are ecstatic. Ecstatic. They're jumping up and down screaming right now. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that. I really appreciate the support yeah, really, from all of really you amazing. listeners. <laughs> We're here mm-hmm. to talk about spouseonomics. Spouseonomics. Y'all, this book is amazing and hilarious, and I love it, and I can't recommend it enough, and I can't wait to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to—it's so exciting for us that we're making this a two-part episode. A two-parter, because there's just so many spousonomics to learn. It's going to have everything a two-parter it has, should have, has always had. (laughs) Definitely, yeah, definitely cliffhanger. Of some kind. We're going to end the episode with like, and now I'm handing you divorce papers. Stay tuned for part two of Spouseonomics. And now you've given it away. <laughs> so y'all can just skip ahead to part two. It's called a latent incentive structure. Oh. I'll have you know. I just made that up. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> so this book, Spouseonomics, is by uh, Paula Sushman. And Jenny Anderson, and they are two economists who decided to write a book about marriage, which sounds maybe terrible, but it's amazing. De- t- terrible in a what way? Like like miserable it's economics, or, right? Yeah. Like it's a like a notoriously dry subject. Like that, what a drag. Like yeah, what a bunch of nerds, right? Talking about like. You know, buy, sell, buy, sell, high, low. <laughs> that's that's our knowledge of economics going into right. this book. Yeah, economics <laughs> to me just means the slowly the the world slowly like falling into you know despair because of capitalism. It means people being really mad about <laughs> gas prices, <laughs> inflation, oh, markets much, collapsing. How much is a gallon of milk? Oh, I don't know, but I'm mad about it. Always. So um, what I love about this book is each chapter is kind of taking like a different economic principle and talking about the problems that that uh, principle uh, sees, like we see in a marriage and like what the solution is from an economics perspective Yeah, and showing like real world examples of how couples deal with some of these things. And of course... And in all these situations, a couple is not like aware that that's what it is. They're not calling it like, oh, this is a, this is a low defining bell curve is what it is. That's our problem. But, but it's just. We're really entering a bear market with this. (laughs) Yeah. But so. We're doing great. We're on a roll with our economy knowledge. But 
I think the the interesting connection is that you know we said um, we've said in several episodes that that the advice that we got from one of, one of our friends was that like that marriage is like a business, right? That you have to treat marriage like a business. Yeah. You know, you have to constantly kind of come back and like renew the contract, renew the terms, look at it as like you're part of this joint venture mm-hmm. and if division of labor, all of that good stuff. And but you know, a business is one entity in a larger like sort of marketplace and a marriage is way more complex than just a single business, right? Because there's outside forces that affect it. So economics is this great thing. And so what we're I was as we were as we were listening to this book and going through and like taking notes, I found it interesting that if for the five principles we're gonna talk about today, we've literally done an episode about like each one in some capacity, right. which I never would have thought like without oh, knowing without knowing it. It, it right? could be related yeah. to economics. So so like we did an episode, one of our very first ones was called Breaking Dishes. And oh, then, Division of Labor. That's just Division of Labor, right? y'all. That's totally. just Division of Labor. Who does what? <laughs> that's just Adam Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like we and then we had an episode called I Hate Running, but I Like You. And it was all about like, you know, like just trying to like like Stop yourself from letting things slide, getting lazy, uh-huh. you know, not putting any work in to like keep things going. Yeah. And that's called moral hazard. Yeah. It's fascinating. So we're going to dig into these five things yeah. and talk about what it looks like, what it means, and like if how we've experienced some of those things before. Awesome. Okay. So the first section, the first chapter is division of labor or... Why you should do the dishes. <laughs> Say that one more time. Why you should do the dishes. Why I should do the dishes. That or why was, you should do the dishes. Was that the emphasis? I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm just, this is what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to unpack. So the I, the idea, right, is that, you know, in, in an economy, everyone has their job, mm-hmm. right? And everybody is producing something. And ideally, you also want to have like specialization, right? You want to be doing things that you are good at, yeah, either better at or at least relatively equal in your skill and ability level, right? Um, so one of the traps that marriages fall into is falling into this idea of like trying to do everything 50-50. Oh, like, yeah. right, if you do the dishes today, that means I do the dishes tomorrow. Right. And, and then... It, if you didn't do the dishes today, I'm sure shit not going to do them tomorrow. I'm going to wait for you to do all the dishes from yesterday right. today. Well, it, yeah. it lends itself to keeping score <laughs> exactly. and resentment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and no, there's really no winning, I think, Yeah, I'm, in that environment. But we've fallen into that. We've fallen into it. And I think it's like one of those things we're kind of constantly having to kind of go back and renegotiate. Yeah. And I mean, it's true. Like housework and division of labor is this thing that couples argue about more than anything except for money. They uh-huh. argue about it more than sex, more than more than work, kids. More than kids. Like division of labor is like such this like source of conflict. And so one of the things they talk about in the book is this idea of like comparative advantage. Like thinking about what things are we better at? And even if you're still slower at some tasks, like if you're picking up the slack, everyone still wins. 
Uh-huh. And we can reduce our overall workload and give ourselves more free time and more leisure. Even yeah. if it's not if it's not something that we do fastest. Like the example that they give is if it takes me 30 minutes to do the dishes and it takes you 10 minutes to do the dishes, you save both of us 20 minutes. Right. But that doesn't and let's say you also can um you can scoop the cat litter in 10 minutes and it takes me 20 minutes. That's insane. It doesn't take 20 minutes. minutes. That doesn't mean you should also still do the cat litter. Right. See, I thought it was saying that (laughs) whoever's the most efficient should do the thing. Yeah. But if you're efficient at a lot of things and you're married to someone who's inefficient at a lot of things. Well, this is where we run into problems. That's a problem, right? So... What they, how they explain it, right, is this idea that like what your what your specialty is. What your like your specialty is the thing that you do fastest, right? So okay. if it takes you thirty minutes to do two tasks and it takes me ninety minutes to do tasks, right? It doesn't mean you should do both of them, right? It means you should do the one you're the most efficient at, and so should you. And I should do the one I'm the most efficient at, even if it still takes me longer to do it than it would you. Got it. And our gain is that instead of spending you spending 30 minutes and me spending 90 minutes, it, it like shortens it up for both of us overall. Okay. Right. And it's, it's fantastic. Cause I love this idea. Cause I feel like so often I feel like we got in this rut is like, like, Oh, you just like, you do that faster and you do that better or I don't even know how to do that thing. And so it it sort yeah. of puts you into that place of like, well, it doesn't make sense for me to be the one like not doing it since I do it faster. Uh-huh. You know, and it, it but it's it just makes it a trap that you can fall into. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what okay, so what's an example of when we've been in that kind of situation? I think that's definitely one. I mean, dishes. Dishes, for sure. Not, cat litter doesn't really. No. <laughs> um, but dishes, like, I'm very efficient. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of become, well, you now you do them more. I do them more. And you, <laughs> you've been doing them more since we had a kid. Yes. You, like, I will say, after we had Nola, the whole The d- whole dynamic changed. Yeah. It's okay. a whole different. This is perfect, because this, that is an example of speculation. Okay. Okay. So speculation, right, is when we look into the future and we make decisions about what will be what will be happening even before we really know. So exactly what you right. what you mentioned, like we've always I think had this a bit of a balance of like we realize that like I have a full-time job, you work contract to contract. Mm-hmm. So like I'm bringing in the bulk of our income. And before, I feel like it was a pretty good balance. Like we had sort of come to a place of understanding of like what is the value of my like salary mm-hmm. versus the value of what you're doing at home and the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. And what is that balance? And mm-hmm. we're always like negotiating negotiating on the fringes of that. Yeah. But having a baby throws all of that out of whack. Oh, totally. So suddenly my salary is not worth all the all the housework. <laughs> as much as it was before. Because there's yeah, more yeah. of it. There's more responsibility because you're chasing a baby around while those things are happening. Mm-hmm. And so 
if we kind of went into that assuming that like what we did, our chores, our tasks, our division of the labor before and all before that. was going to stay the same. Yeah. Right. Like we just keep doing what we were doing. Yeah. That's like going to lead to problems. So right? right. we're going to like the market is going to collapse because the value of what you are doing is going up, up, up. Yeah. But your compensation for it is not changing. Right. Right. So with that in speaking economically for a moment, <laughs> if does that um the speculation is an example of that would be like if um the media starts reporting that the feds are talking about raising interest rates or right. you know right. that there might be a bubble there might burst. be and now my house just got more expensive right. just because because they're, they they were talking about it it got mentioned it. Yeah. right exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so like those sorts of things and that's why our financial advisors play. say don't pay too much attention just to leave that it be. hard to know just yeah. leave it be don't even look at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay okay yeah and yeah. so like in a place of that, like we have to create new markets because mm-hmm. I can't like, I can't go out and like raise my value. It's not like I can just be like, oh, I'm having a baby now. So I'm going to need you to pay me 40% more so I don't have to do more shit around the house. Like, <laughs> I, it doesn't work. Can you right? I can't, It doesn't work, right? I mean, so, that's how it should be. Right, it should, it's how it should be. 40% so, would be great. It would be, right? But and so, I'd happily do my <laughs> So we have to like create. A new market. We have to decide, like, well, what is it worth? Yeah. And how do we, like, make this extra work that you're doing worth it, right? And that means, I think what we've seen is, like, a couple of things. It's like, I cook a lot more than mm. I used to. Like, cooking has not ever really been my thing. I can do it. I don't like to do it. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm not very good at it. But it's like, well, I've got to learn a new skill. Yeah. You know, and 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 learning a new skill is another like idea. It's incentive compatibility. Okay. It's when it's there's something needs to be got, done, mm-hmm. but we don't and we know it should be done, but I don't like it, so I don't really have an incentive to do it. Uh well, yeah, yeah. Right? Or I don't know how to do it. Uh-huh. So I don't have an incentive to do it. Right. So I've learned to cook more and to cook more things and to cook more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was painful in the beginning because it would be like, this is a thing that takes 30 minutes to cook and it take, would take like an hour because it, because yeah. I'm terribly slow at chopping garlic. Oh well, my you know, gosh. <laughs> chopping garlic. Chopping garlic. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely more efficient at chopping you garlic. You surely are, right? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but overall, did it. it's like creating more space for you to do. Other things yeah. to take e- e- to take little breaks or to just get more stuff done during that time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I feel like we both win from it. You know? Yeah, it yeah, doesn't like sure. make me less happy to cook, right? Like I'm not losing anything, yeah. and so it's a little like, well, okay, like I'm just gonna like take this on. Well, that's a wonderful yeah. point because the book mentions too. This idea of okay, what's the mm. economic term though? It's called a Pareto efficiency. Pareto efficiency, which is like when you've reached Pareto efficiency, when there's nothing someone can give up or take from the other without the person, the other person losing, and right. that's when you're a Pareto efficient. So everything is perfectly equal, right? So 
for example, if I can do something that mm-hmm. doesn't hurt me, it doesn't make me unhappy in order to make him happy right. or less unhappy, mm-hmm. then I should do it. Right. And this is the, the inner struggle I've had about dishes for a long time <laughs> is that I don't actually mind doing dishes. Uh-huh. I don't like seeing them pile up mm-hmm. and... And when I feel like, because yeah. when before when we tried to do the equal division of labor thing, mm-hmm. um, I would resent the fact that you hadn't done them, <laughs> and so I would just be yeah. mad and I wouldn't do them, even though it doesn't hurt me to do them really. Right. right. Um, although sometimes I'm like super stressed, but mm-hmm. yeah, but but now it's kind of like, well, if they need to be done, I'll just do them, and if I can, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can't. You do do them, event. You do yeah. will do them. Yeah, I will do them more often than you used to. Yeah, way more. Yeah, you know. But but dishes are a good example of that for me. Mm-hmm. Where like, if I have the time, it doesn't actually bother me to do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I might as well do them. Yeah. <laughs> and what I've found, and this is like it's just a natural thing that happens, is like I took on a different skill and started cooking more, and what naturally happened. You started doing the dishes more. Yeah, yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, well, I really don't like doing dishes, <laughs> and I don't mind cooking. Yeah. Right? Right. So it's a little like, oh, okay, like that makes the balance a little easier. And yeah. I think another good example is like mowing the lawn, like yard work. Yeah. I think like we've fallen into that trap of like the, we talked about this a few episodes ago, like yeah. what's, what what men do in the house right. and what women do in the house. Right. And or something like, I hate yard work. I don't like yards. I don't like being outside in yards. I don't like grass. I hate it. I hate it so much. And it was always like, and like mowing the lawn, like, like just that became a thing you did. And then like, every time you go mow the lawn, you're so damn happy about it. Me? Yes. It's so funny. You're out there and you're just... You're just walking along, <laughs> bopping like you should do. She looks so pleased. And she's like so satisfied by it. She likes like the pattern that it leaves in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm all about the patterns. And- yeah. So it's it's just this funny idea of of finding more efficiency, finding like what you're good at, but also like just because you're the better at it doesn't mean you're the best person to do it. Well, the summer is a good example because yeah. I'm not home much, so you're mowing the lawn a lot, begrudgingly. Yeah. So, like, identifying the things we really care about, what are really the priorities. Like, is there is there a chore you do that you hate that I don't mind doing? Yeah. Well, I should do that, and 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 vice versa. Yeah. You know, and then just like as always, like revisiting. Yeah. Those ideas and those um, situations. I. Really don't like scooping the cat litter. Okay. And you've been doing it a lot. I do. Almost all the time. I do. And I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I will do it, but I do kind of hate it. you just like, you'll wait it out, too. I don't know. <laughs> I'll wait it. I'll wait be like, you get I'll like do it right before I go on like a two-day business oh. trip. And then she'll like wait me out for like two days. I'll get back I mean, and I'll do I it. But do it's it. become a thing. Like, I know you hate it. I know you hate it, and I and I do know it, and it doesn't actually like take that much time. Yeah, and I'm used to doing it a lot, so it's yeah. just like I'm just gonna do it. We got a thing to make it more efficient. Yeah, and, and it's a thing you chose that works for you, right? And that makes a big difference it does. too. I was like, oh, well, if I'm gonna do this, 
I'm gonna do, I'm it. Gonna do it the way I want. Yeah. And I'm gonna do it in a way that makes sense to me. Yeah. And then I'll leave you alone about it. Oh, it's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> okay. So that was the first principle okay. division of labor. The second principle is loss aversion. Uh-huh. Okay. So or or as they call it in chapter two, or going to bed angry. Oh, I love this because oh, they yeah. always say, don't go to bed don't angry. Go, don't do it. And oh, <laughs> we've had a lot of nights where we just uh-huh. didn't go to bed angry right. and we didn't go to bed. Right. <laughs> and the whole idea is that it's like, you're just afraid of losing. You just want to, you just don't want to lose. It's really, you're yeah. two hours into a fight. We can't. You're invested. Right. You're all in. I've already lost this much sleep. I've right. And I've lost this much sleep. I've lost this much of my dignity. Uh, I've I <laughs> nothing to do but just keep digging. Yeah, and, and they 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 relate it to like the idea of people who have stock and it starts losing value, mm-hmm. and instead of just selling it, they hold on to it. Right. Right. And they're just like, no, 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 it's going to rebound. It's going to rebound, and then they just like lose everything. Yeah. Right. And we're so oh, yeah. loss averse. We're not willing to take a small loss, yeah. Even if it means avoiding an even bigger yeah. loss, right? It's fascinating. It's like starting a fight that's not. I'm like, I feel like that's happened a lot. You start a little fight, a little argument mm-hmm. that suddenly turns into like a, a whole analysis of like what makes you a terrible person, <laughs> and you're like, we yeah. were just arguing about the wine glass that I left on. Yeah. On the side table, but now and I'm now, a trash human. Now I'm a trash human, and I'm not gonna. And now you're. You I'm know, not gonna take overly demanding. And, oh yeah, and I'm not gonna go to bed now critical. because I'm not a trash person. I right? have to prove my <laughs> to prove my that I'm not my worth. Yeah. as a person. Yeah, it's yeah, true. and it's like that idea of compounding losses. Like you just and you start stacking up losses. So yeah. at first we were just mad at each other about a wine glass, and. So no, we didn't watch that movie that we were going to watch. And now our night's kind of ruined. Right. And we kept drinking because we're pissed. And now we feel bad because we're a little drunk. And now we're drunk arguing. That's not good. Yeah. And I've got heartburn. And now I can't sleep. And, and it's all your fault. And that's why I'm crying in the shower at 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> Y'all, I have cried no. in the shower at 3 a.m. Yeah. In an argument. Only a few times. Couple? Thrice? <laughs> you, I mean, your MO is like, go for a walk. Yeah, it's true. I just bounce. I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah. Then she'll know. I'm more of a cry in the shower type, I feel like. <laughs> well, if I'm really drunk, I might cry in the shower. Yeah. No, you have. <laughs> yeah, I have a call. Um, <laughs> just remember. <laughs> 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 you just remembered it all came back to you. <laughs> I have to tell you about our foggy day in London town. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, they, and all they recommend is, like, just sleep on it. And they, and it's, like, advice, just wait. Yeah. Just wait and just put it away. Yeah. You know, like, your business is on the verge of failing. You've been up. You don't know what to do. Put the file in a drawer. Walk away. Come back to it. Yeah. And see what you can do. Well, it's like gambling, right? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's a human thing to want mm-hmm. to... Instead of walking away because you've already yeah. lost, to then double down. Yeah. And and it happens with money and mm-hmm. it happens with arguments. Yeah. You see it in politics mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. You see it in on social media. Yeah. Instead of someone being like, wait, hold on, sleep on it. Let me get mm-hmm. some space. Come back and say, you're right. I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, they go, and another thing, <laughs> and you don't do yeah. this, X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. they'll just double down on it. 
So another one they, they talk about is the idea of what's called the endowment effect, which is where we put more value in things that matter to us, even if they don't really have that much value oh, yeah. in reality, right? Yes. So that could be beliefs, values. It could be things, yes. right? It could be um, opinions. All of those things are examples of, of, of like endowment. It's like why we'll go to a garage sale and someone's selling something and we're like, well, I'm not going to buy that for $20. I'll give you five. And if we were selling the same exact thing, you'd be like, no, it's $20. Yeah. You see in this chair? No, I, <laughs> I we, we sold a bunch of stuff in preparation to like clear the house uh-huh. re- to get ready for Nola yeah. and make room for her. And there were things that we had in our New York apartment uh-huh. Which I think back on that time together, and I cherish it so yeah, dearly. Yeah. And and I had a really hard time giving that stuff up. Uh-huh. And and I know the point was to just get rid of it and to make a little cash, but right. not really. But I I had a very hard time not overvaluing that right. stuff. I'd be like, this is thirty dollars, and yeah. like that's like ten dollars. And be like, well, we said thirty. Yeah. So there was a, a coffee table that wasn't even from our New York. It had like a giant stain on it. Yeah. From like um, uh, uh, a nail polish remover <laughs> that spilled. I was like, uh, this coffee table is amazing. It's it's, it's part of me. Right. And and <laughs> we ended up selling it for fifteen dollars. And the guy who came to pick it up was like, Yeah, I'm getting it for my daughter right. who's like going off to college and she really wanted it. I don't know why she'd pay fifteen bucks. Oh, for this he piece like of threw shade on it as he was oh putting God. his truck and I Emily was, like, was in the garage fuming like how this could you? motherfucker. I was so offended yeah. because it's like yeah, so much sentimental value. Yeah. I've endowed that table with so much. Like, yeah. it's a part of me. And I'm like, yeah. you're just saying that well, I'm not valuable. And they give, like, <laughs> the idea, of, like, the example of, like, this couple who had, like, an old chair this this woman loved. And a lazy just boy. didn't want to give up. She's like, loved it. It was just terrible and gross. Beat up. And the husband hated it. And they would argue about this thing all the time. <laughs> right? And I relate I relate to this in, in, in a lot of ways. So, like, for example... I I I am a notorious like I am a little like nostalgic. I'm a little like, um, what would you say? Like I I value like old things from like family, and I'm precious about some of those uh-huh. things. And yes. I think we both have examples of this. Um, you have a crocheted kitten picture that is horrendous. No, it I, is not. Oh, it is. It is it not. Is. And it's not. Sorry, I need to clarify. It's needlepoint. <laughs> It's not horrendous. It's stained, <laughs> and strings are popping out of it. They are but not. it holds. But you have endowed it with great sentimental value, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but if it was at a garage sale, I ain't no one buying that thing. <laughs> but I understand because, like, I have I leave a family because, member. Yeah, made that right for me when I yeah, was a baby. I know it. It's, you, it's endowed. Yeah, I've got. A ridiculous antique spoon collection okay. because my grandma traveled the Europe. The one it, for me. And, oh, yeah. Tell me what is it. It's the framed photo uh-huh. of you in middle school, high school, in a production of Fiddler uh-huh. on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's the I'm one. I'm like, is that your favorite show? Are you Jewish? <laughs> Like, what is the deal? Do you even like musical theater anymore? I, <laughs> and 
is, and, and I love that because no what it is, is the answer to every no single is the answer. What I love is because if my friend Greg, who I met in that show, is Jewish, and I in that picture I found two bar mitzvah frames at a thrift store, <laughs> and so I got him one and me one and framed it. And that is why. But it's, it's your a, Greg it's photo. Not, it's, it's my Greg photo. But to me, it's your like, what? It's Fiddler nonsense. On the roof, I've got childhood. the most terrible <laughs> fake beard. It's, I have endowed it with so much. And it's true. <laughs> if you, if you, you were like, keeping is it time for this to go? I'd be like, well, so. Every once in a while, I, I could see you're like, asking you. You'll like it. pick it up and be like, what do we think about this? And then <laughs> exactly you like, what I do. <laughs> and, then, and then you're just kind of gauging the person's reaction of like, so they talk about the idea of reframing, like reframing the question. It's like, uh-huh. it's not like, what would you lose if you gave this up? What would you gain? Right. We'd have more yeah. room for that really nice piece of art that we got. You'd have more room right. for a frame picture of, I don't know, your daughter. <laughs> like, you can imbue it with, right. like, more value. Like, you're gaining something, not yeah. losing something. Right. What and, do you think about that? And I think about stuff like that because like, I have, like, those stupid spoons, which I love them because my grandma collected them and I bought them for her. And when she passed, they were given to me. But they're in this, like, terrible antique spoon case I, I made – took. Some of the old ones I made, like a wind chime of it, which I which is cute. I like that. It can't be outside though. It can't be outside. Which I told you when you were well, making. I know. It. So it just sits in our window, and every now and then tangled. the window is opening. That, and that is lovely. Actually, it's really beautiful. But the other ones are like woof. What even in are the they? world? They're they're in storage because yeah. they're hideous, hanging up. What do you do? And I want to find like a good way to like make them look. Like actually make something with them, like yeah. make them into art of some kind. What if somebody could melt them enough to bend? <laughs> no. <laughs> what if we them just down. melted them down and, and then threw them away? <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> it just melted them. And then you know, and, and so discarded them. I, I, I just, I love. <laughs> This is funny because this is not the one I thought would be like a hot topic, like a hot button issue, <laughs> but the truth is coming out. But like, no, 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 it's not that. It's this. And I that cracks me up. <laughs> well, yeah, the spoons make me crazy, but I don't see them every day. I also feel like I have a a pretty good barometer of what is an appropriate thing to display in our house and what is not. Like, uh-huh. I have a bright pink skateboard deck that says Poser on it that my brother gave me, and I love it because it cracks me up yeah. because he asked me, if you were a skateboarder, what would you want your deck to look like? And I was like, I'd want it to be hot pink and say Poser because I'm not a skateboarder. <laughs> and, like, next Christmas, I get this deck that he made. He spray painted it in it's our garage. Very sweet. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I can't display it but anywhere because it's be, hot pink. <laughs> I, I could see how that would fit perfectly in just a different context. It's just right. not in our it's just aesthetic. Not, it's not our aesthetic. Well, it's something, uh, it's not quite like that, but I have an example of that. Okay. Of like, I know it's not appropriate to display this and I <laughs> held on to it for a really long time and I finally got rid of it. <laughs> but I hadn't doubted it. it was that that tin poster of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, uh huh. From a production that I was in when I was in college, mm-hmm. and I played Dorothy. And it was like really, it was like my first big lead, and it was really important to me. And the whole cast signed it, mm-hmm. and I kept it. 
I, mm-hmm. I haven't had it up for decades, right. but I kept it. Yeah. And we moved with it like a hundred times. <laughs> that was one. Every, yeah, that, was one like, that, that was my where I'd be like, oh, what do you think about this? You're like, well, I Remember I had two for a while? Yeah. I had one. That one with all signatures. And then another and one that didn't have of, signatures. You got rid of the one without the signatures. Well, because I could actually give that to yeah. Goodwill or something. But the other one, with signatures on it, nobody's going to buy it. Uh, so it, it's worthless to other people, uh, but it means so something good. to me. It's so but good. But I never put it up. So then I think I finally got rid of it. Did. did I? I might I think still so. have it. Well, just like there was no good place mm-hmm. to put it. It was like pink and bright green and yellow and gold and just didn't look good. Well, if it's with- pink, it'll go with your poser skateboard. Uh, that's true. We made a mistake. We need another room in our house just for our for like weird, weird eclectic nostalgia. shit. Nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, people do that. A nostalgia room. Yeah, people this have That's right. Go to feel young again. Oh, yeah. Hmm. We should get rid of that stuff. <laughs> That's sad. That sounds sad. And okay. I don't want to be that person. Okay. Which is a good segue into our next one. <laughs> Feeling young again is the idea of status quo bias. Oh, my God. So status Look at me with the status. You're, you're, you you set them up, I knock them down. It's perfect. So status quo bias is, and I feel like we're feeling this real hard right now. Like okay. we are in this. A hundred percent. And it's that feeling of, man, shit right now is hard. It's not as good as it used to be. Remember what we used to be like? Remember what we used to do? We were loving, we were in carefree. We had sex all the time. We ate whatever we want. We drank whatever we want. We had no plans. We had no goals. We just like lived. And it was amazing Uh, and romantic and how amazing. And we each have different versions of that, Uh I think. Right. Right. You're just like, remember when we had sex every minute? And ate and, and drank. And for me, yeah, for me, it's a lot of like eating and drinking and <laughs> laughing. Just running around New York. And running around. Going to movies all the time. Oh. I mean, even now, before oh. the pandemic, we had like that Alamo oh. pass where you could go to like a movie at Alamo Draft House like every day for a dollar, any yeah, day you wanted. Yeah. We go did any it day. all the time we went before the pandemic. We went at least once a week. And we can't do it anymore. We just can't. It's we like, can't. not in that way. And it's, yeah. it feels like you lost something, right? It feels like you lost something. And that was status quo. Yeah, that was the status quo. And yeah. so we're oh, and, and their therapist, one of the quotes in the book was like this idea of like, you are not allowed to bring up the past unless it relates directly to your present. Mm. Like you are not allowed to rehash how much you used to have sex, how you're like not allowed to talk about how you used to go out all the time. You're not those people anymore. Right. You're these people now. Right. And so you need to think about what you're going to do now. And like their solution to it is like you need to make active decisions. If you yeah. feel like you're in a rut, get out. Do something about it. Yeah. Don't talk about how you're in a rut. Don't be sad about how you're in a rut. Do something. Yeah. Get a sitter. Go out. Right. You know? Miss getting wild, go hang out with somebody, smoke a little weed, drink a little bit, have a good time. Drink a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Drink a little what? A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. That makes me think of the the you know, the Brene Brown Uh famous quote that comparison is the thief of joy. And And we think about that of of as it relates to like compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. But this is like compare yourself, Mm -hmm. your current self to your former self. I think that's fascinating because I think in all of like the, you know, the tough times we've gone through, I've very much taken that approach of like, leave the person you were yesterday behind in the pursuit of being the best version of yourself that you can 
B, I have not looked at it from the framework of don't compare yourself who you used to be for all the things you used to be that you really liked, you uh-huh. know, or that you enjoy. Like you right. can't, like that's a different person too. And yeah. And, and the idea of like comparison being the thief of joy with your own goddamn self oh. is like, that's an upsetting thing you just <laughs> said, but it's, it's true. Right. It true. You're like, of course, like, it's why people relive their glory days all the time. Who I am, who I was when I was 25 was the best version of me. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. You you looked great, but you were a <laughs> fucking shit show. And like, you know, and that's yeah. true. And yeah. so they recommend like making active decisions because we fall into patterns where they call it passive decision making. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, should I invest in my 401k or should I not? And you never actually make the decision. You just let the uh you just let the uh the uh window to sign up go, go. by. <laughs> and and not deciding is also easier. a choice. And it's but it's easier. <laughs> it's easier, but it's also a choice. Right, exactly. I'm a really indecisive person because I'm a people pleaser mm-hmm. and an empath. And so <laughs> I have a really hard time making decisions because I worry about how it's going to affect other people. Yeah. But then I often put it off and it Mm -hmm. causes a bigger problem. And not deciding is also a decision. Yeah. So I I just love this one because I think it speaks so very much to how we've been feeling here in this first year of having a kid. You're always just being like, remember when we used to like have fun? Remember when we weren't tired. Remember when we, you know, (laughs) and all of those things feel like compounding losses because we're loss averse and we don't want to face the fact that we're just different, Yeah, you know, and they say like, just stack it up and don't view, like make a list of the things you used to do, make a list of the things you do now and don't view them as like, these are things you've lost. These are just different activities. Right. Right. So we used to go out and see movies all the time. Right. Uh-huh. Um, now we get the baby to bed and we have a glass of wine and we watch Better Call Saul or right. we watch a few episodes of something, yeah. you know, or we take a shower, <laughs> like, cause we haven't gotten to do that in days. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so th- it's a different set of activities. Yeah. And they're all good activities, but yeah. they're just different. Yeah. You know, Definitely. um, yes, Brene Brown. Comparison <laughs> to the theme. I love that. Okay. So the third chapter is supply and demand okay. or how to have more sex. Oh, this is the one. You're excited. You just smiled. You put your hands on I your did. hips. I did. I put my hands on my hips. <laughs> how to have more sex. That's Trivia's grin. <laughs> um, Here's the good stuff, folks. Get ready. <laughs> okay. So their What's- whole idea of this is the idea of, of um, high costs, right? When something, yes. when prices go up. People buy the thing less, uh-huh. as we all know, right? Inflation is happening right now, right? And you know that seven dollar that avocado that was two dollars before is now like five dollars. You're like, well, I guess it's no avocado toast for me today. Right? Um, Says be, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and but yeah, for sure. And they say like this is a thing that happens with sex a lot, is that we make the cost of it very high, right? Because yeah. we either are going to lose, we're we're going to lose something. If we have sex, we're going to lose time. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose sleep, right? Yeah. We're going to lose, um, um, we're just going to have to like energy. Yeah. You know, we have to think about our <clears throat> mood. Like, 
I'm not in the mood. I'm going to have to fight through that whole thing. Like, yeah. that's going to take a whole, like, getting into a head space. Well, and, and doesn't, <laughs> like, the idea of, because com- segueing from status quo, mm-hmm. like, okay, sex used to be a certain way. Yes. And, and if my idea of mm-hmm. the status, whatever the status quo is for me for sex, yes. if I think of it that way, mm-hmm. now that our lives are very different mm-hmm. and complicated and busier yes. uh, with more responsibilities, that status quo feels really unattainable. Really unattainable. And if your status quo is like, well, we never used to talk about sex. We used to just do it. We just did it all the time. Yeah. And Why it was never a conversation. It was just hot and heavy all the time. Why can't we just do that? Well, that's status quo bias. And and we've now made the the cost higher, right? Uh-huh. Because we're now putting, also now we're putting stress on it. Now we're putting expectations on it. That's Ugh. a level of cost yeah. too, right? So one of the problems that they talk about for sex is the problem of like opaque markets, which is like not being clear about when we want it, how often we want it, yeah. when it's happening, what do we want it to be like? What works for you? What works for me? And I think in the beginning... When things are hot and heavy, we're often like we're exploring, we're finding out. It's it's like pretty yeah. carefree. And then often you're not like sitting down and being like, okay, but like what's like your thing? Mm-hmm. What's my thing? Are those things compatible? And oh, and they had the, a great example in the in the book of this is there was a couple who the first time like it was like a um, the very like one of the very first times this couple had had sex, the the woman went to get on top, oh, and he yeah. had like a calf cramp. Yeah, and he flipped like her back over onto her back, and she thought, "Oh, he, he doesn't like that. Right? I must be terrible at this. I'm never gonna. Do I'm it never again. gonna get on top again." And she didn't and to the point where like he would try, and she'd be like, Mm-mm. and she would immediately like, get and off. so he thought <clears throat> she was uncomfortable about being on top. Yeah, she thought he just didn't like it, or and that she was bad at it. And for years, years they went and under years, these assumptions. They just did missionary position oh. forever, and then they <laughs> yeah. finally went to therapy and they had it out, and she was like. What? I didn't know. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. She was, and she was like, yeah, you like tossed me off of you. And he's like, I had a cramp. Uh, but and, it was never and discussed. They never discussed it. Uh. And he was like, you know, he's like, what kind of straight guy doesn't like a woman on top? That's uh. insane. And like, they never <laughs> talked about it. Like, hey, it seems like every time this happens, yeah. you have this reaction. Because it's scary And they were to clearly ask. weren't talking. Like, right? well, this is this. This is like the root of so many mm-hmm. conflicts and yeah. and and assumptions. Mm-hmm. Is like people aren't curious enough about right. like, hey, I noticed this. Why was it like that? But when <laughs> it's something that where you feel really vulnerable, like mm-hmm. sex, yeah, especially if the relationship is new, it can be really, um, it can be really scary to ask. Yeah, you know, why did you move me? Off yeah, why was did that, that happen? Yeah. What was that about? You know, and then talk about like just the. Solution is just being transparent. Like, yeah. it, it, and it, it seems antithetical to sex, but it's like there should be no guessing. There should be no mystery. There should be no anxiety. Yeah. Right. And they talk about, like, at, there's a quote at the, at the heart of intimacy is self disclosure. Right. Yeah. At the heart of it, it has to be you sharing things that you, that matter to you in all of those, in all of those ways. Like, 
the reason I don't want to have sex with you today is these things. Right. Right. Or I want to have sex with you today because of these things. Right. Right. And, and so they talk about just like having that conversation is so important. And I think it's, it's really important because it takes the mystery out of it. Yeah. You know, because, and it helps us get over this idea of like, it's something we call coordination failure, which is where we're both faced with the same decision. Uh huh. Right. We both have the same choice to make. Do we or do we not want to have sex? But the right. outcome is completely different based on who makes which decision. Uh-huh. Right? If you say, no, I feel, if you say, I don't, I do, I feel like shut down, uh-huh. right, or shunned. If I say no and you say yes, you're like, what the fuck? He said no? What? What the hell is going on? Right. It's a different right? outcome if for sure. If we both say yes, then it's like, okay. So it's like, and and so what we're always trying to do is what we're, is we're trying to make assumptions we're trying to we're making decisions based on our assumptions of what the other person is going to do or say. Hmm. So you're kind of always trying to predict like okay, if I put the move on right now, yeah, is she going to go for it? Yeah. And if not, that would be terrible. Right. I'm really going to be like left hanging feeling like a a, a loser. Oh. And 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 so we and that's why people retreat. They're like, "Well, I'm not yeah. going to ask. I'm just not going to ask." Yeah. You know, and to your credit, you've always been like very just like ask, just ask, right? You know, and I'll give you a clear like sure, no, maybe later, and it does like take the, it takes the weight off of it. Yes, you know, and oh, it really does. Yeah. Oh my god, because I remember, and I think we've talked about this uh, in previous episodes. Is this one we we did an episode on? Um. So yeah, the, the three G's of getting it yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, um, <laughs> the game, game given and good. Given and good. Are those the G's? Yeah. I need to go back and listen. <laughs> uh, maybe y'all can listen and tell me. But uh, yeah, we're, we're like, we were just really tiptoeing around it uh-huh. a lot. Yeah. And I knew your cues and I knew that that's what you wanted, but I was really like, annoyed that you weren't just asking me and it felt uncomfortable and i was like can you please just just ask just ask the question and it was hard yeah and it's hard and they and and there's an example in the book of like this couple where like the 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 wife was like oh every day he wants to have sex with me like every night and so she started doing like late night baking Oh my god! She started yes. baking brownies every night, late at night, oh, until and he'd I'd be go like, to bed. Let me marry her, and please. I don't have to have sex, and, and I get brownies. <laughs> and he and the husband like didn't get it. He like didn't put the two things together. Like he wasn't like. It seems like every time I want to have sex, she pulls out the stand-up mixer, and I don't really understand why is she baking why so she late baking at night all the time. She really loves those children's for that bake sale. Meanwhile, really she's like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm so tired of baking. I've been up till midnight baking brownies. Wasn't there somebody else, or was it the same lady who used to put on like their ugliest nightgown? Yeah, yeah, the ugliest nightgown <laughs> yeah. for always. And so, and that's another part of it is like things like that. Right is is like the bad habits we fall into, yeah. Um, because and they talk about this idea of like what's a rational addiction. And when we first get together with somebody, sex is like a rational addiction. You're like, I'm gonna, uh-huh. there's a clear reason to do this, yeah. And I'm gonna do it all the time. Yeah, this person's hot. I'm hot. 
We like each other. We're going to do it all the time. Yes. It's rational. It makes sense. And then we learn new habits like being on our phone every night yeah, before bed or drinking too much, you know, or, you know, watching that ep- extra episode when we probably shouldn't. Like, I all don't of know the, what no, you're no, talking, no, talking about. about. All those things. <laughs> things. Checking, like not being able to disconnect from work. Yeah. Checking emails. Oh, God. Like throughout, like, and not like waiting to like answer those during work hours. Yeah. All of those things. And then what becomes a new habit is not having sex. Yeah. Right. And I love the example they give this. It's like two, it was like an engineer and a molecular biologist, super scientist. Uh-huh. And they were like talking it a to death, right? A couple. Yeah. They'd be like, we should have sex. They'd be like, okay, let's have sex. And then they would like talk it to death. We'd just be talking just about talking having about sex. Just talking about like why they don't have sex enough, uh-huh. how they should be having it more. <laughs> Remember that time they did have sex a lot. What happened? And they'd be like, do you think it's what we're eating? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like, do you think it's what it is? Like, no, I think it's the fluoride and the 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 water. water. Yes. And the husband was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And and so, like, what they did is they just decided to reset their habits. And they set, like, a goal. They called it Operation Hat Trick. And they decided, (laughs) because the hat trick's, like, three goals in hockey. And they decided to have, like, sex three times a week. And they committed to it. And they and it and the, what they committed to doing was not have and this it goes back to status quo bias, not three hour long steamy candlelit essential oil, you know, yeah. s- like s- fuckathons, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you had they had to get creative, right? Yeah. Okay. Well shit, it is Thursday. We have only done it twice, right? Right. So Well and, and they had a kid too, right? <laughs> they had a so kid. it was like it they were they had agreed that mm-hmm. certain like nights were not good because they were already exhausted from the day. So right. it had to happen before dinner. Right. Um, they like had like the guardrails in place, right? Afternoon. They set yeah. themselves up for success. And so they started having like quickies and they started like doing like midday things and like Saturday mornings and like all and they like committed to it. And then eventually yeah. the rule just like fades away. Because now they were in the habit. Well, and the cost is lower when mm-hmm. you have permission to do a quickie. Because right, I true. can think of a lot of times mm-hmm. where, like, you approached me mm-hmm. about sex uh, and I, the, my status quo bias mm-hmm. told me it's too, the cost is too high. It's too much energy for me right now. I'm right. exhausted. I would definitely go for a quickie, but I know that, like, I don't want to offend him by saying that, so right. I would just say no, you know. Yeah. But there have been times where I've been like, "How about a quickie?" And that's been right. that's been good. No one's ever been, and like- it's never like not never, but like they say in the book, like mm-hmm. okay, so maybe you have medium sex three times a week. That's way better than, than no mind blowing sex once a month, once a month, yeah. or no sex. Because the more you have it, the more opportunities you have for really great sex. Right. Because sometimes... And then you're in the habit. What starts out as like, so-so, becomes great. Yeah. Right? And it's the surprising ones that are always the best ones. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It's the one you're like, oh, well, that was... That, well, it's that definitely took, not the ones that, that have... That a turn. No, it is. It's true. But it's definitely not the ones that start with super high expectations. Super high expectations. Yeah. yeah it's true. That's stressful. Yeah. And so one of their... Their solutions for like some of these things is also like signaling, and like they have a whole list in the book of like things that people do to signal to their partner mm-hmm. that they'd like to have sex. Oh, and yeah. some of them what? are horrifying, and some of them are hilarious. And like, I light a candle, like mm. I put a condom on. Oh. That's <laughs> I put a condom on. That's right. And this one woman started signaling. 
With a cup of tea. A cup of tea. She'd get into bed. She'd make a cup of tea. She'd put it on the nightstand. She would get naked, which she never did. Right. This is the nightgown yeah, lady. Yeah, the nightgown lady. The ugly nightgown lady. And the baker. Same. The one in oh, the same. Oh, same lady. Wow. Yeah. So Ugly nightgown. Bake a thing of brownies. Right. So <laughs> instead of that, no brownies, tea instead, and no nightgown. Just right. naked. She would get naked and just get, get into bed with him. Get back into bed. And and he was like, oh, the first what? time, yeah, like, was oh, like, what in the hell? And is then happening? it happened, and then they had sex, and then the next time she did that, she did that, and he was like, oh. and it allowed her to like take the initiative, yeah, because he was like the type, he's like got a super high libido, he's like right. every day, um, three times a day, like Is whatever it, yeah like as much as we can <laughs> as much as i as much as i can get yeah yeah and so it's fascinating i think those things i and and so reading that section i think was just really amusing yeah also it makes one feel better yeah like i think you know we all know that a married people have more sex than single people and that's just true right right just the numbers work out that way yeah and but do do you feel like married people complain about not having enough sex more than single people? Probably, yeah. Because of the status quo bias. Yeah, because of the status quo bias, right? Right. And and there's so many more barriers. There's different barriers. Yeah. Right? The sure. barriers when you're single involve like meeting people, hanging out, Someone going to bars, who going on is dates. Willing to have sex with me. Yeah, like right. It's a different <laughs> it's a person. different level of barrier. A, yeah, that's um, true. When yeah. it does happen, it's probably a very exciting, right? You know, it's like, you know, you've been like trying for a week to have sex, right. and then it's like, Here we you are. know, mediocre sex. You're like, well, that was a lot of work for not a lot of payoff, and and like yeah. it's it's that status quo That's feeling, like yeah. yeah, that is a different thing. So it seems like unsatisfying, even though odds are you're having way more than the single people. Yeah, you know, um, so. That is the third one, supply and demand. Amazing. Okay, the fourth one. This one I love. Moral hazard or the too big to fail marriage. Oh, yeah. So the idea of moral hazard, the easiest way to like understand moral ha- hazard is to think about health insurance, right? Mm-hmm. People are, and, and like things like universal health care, right? People are like afraid, and one of the biggest arguments about things like that or is that people will take advantage because they right. have no skin in the game, right? Uh-huh. That if I have if I have health insurance, what's to stop me from going to the doctor every time I have like a splinter or a sore thumb? Or like I can go to the doctor for anything, mm-hmm. just charge me for anything. And there's also no incentive for me to take care of my own damn self. Yeah. Right? I can smoke for 40 years and then when I get lung cancer, go to the doctor and it's all on them. So how health insurance companies fight this is your premiums uh-huh. and your co-pays and uh-huh. even more and more your welfare, um, your, like your wellness checks, right? right? Where right. like your premium and your co-pays are actually factored in by your habits, your eating habits, your weight, yeah. your blood levels, your age, your age, your sex. Yep. All of those things. And so it it makes you have skin in the game. Yeah. Like you have to have skin in the game because if it's like, if it's, if you don't have any skin in the game, what's to stop you from just like taking terrible care of yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and like a great example of this is very recent and I love it. It's one of my favorite things was when there were people who were refusing to get the COVID vaccine, health insurance companies said, that's oh. fine. That's totally fine. Right. We're just going to raise your premiums a thousand dollars. 
Yeah. Because you're more likely to die of COVID and that shit's expensive. Or be hospitalized. Or be hospitalized. So it's going to cost us a lot of money. So you don't get that COVID shot. That's fine. We're just going to make you pay $1,000 more. Cool. Right. And guess what? A lot of people got the went and shot. got their COVID shot because they had skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So they had to take it better care of themselves. Mm-hmm. A little coercion, a little per- incentive goes incentive. a long way, right? Okay. So I love that. And so that moral hazard they talk about in, in, in relation to marriage is that marriage is your insurance policy. And we have this idea of like, it's our marriage. Like we made these vows. We're here. We're in it together. No one's leaving. No one's walking out the door. Mm-hmm. And so you start to like let things slide. Yeah. You stop working out. You stop doing the things you used to do. You stop yeah. making an effort. You stop being romantic. All of these things start to happen. And, yep. and you lose sight of like, well, what's your premium? Yeah. What's your um, copay? Like, what are you putting into this marriage right. every day, every right. week, every year? Because and you don't get it for free. Yeah. It's nothing. Well, and there's no, yeah, the idea, like, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Yeah. If, if you're in this marriage and you never pick up after yourself because you expect, because she's, you know, your partner does it for yeah. you, then you start to think, well, I mean, why do it? She does it. Yeah. You know? They're doing it already, so I don't really need to worry about it. And that's yeah. all great until they leave you. Because, yeah, because <laughs> and they now don't you're feel picking you respect up all them your things. To pick right. up your stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And- I mean, and that, that goes, we, I feel like we have a lot of experience with this. Oh, one. yeah. 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 The, like, you know, the, and it's a, it's a mental trap with marriage mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people fall into. And I think it's the reason, I can't speak for everybody, but a a big reason why there are couples who stay together but don't get married because of that psychological shift of, like, we're bound together legally forever. And so I feel like I don't have to try as hard or work as hard or, like, you know? And and we've talked about this before. Like, if you know that it can end, it's like stoicism. If you know you're going to die at any minute, you... You invest yeah. more in the well, moment. And I think that kind of also then goes back to the idea of like high costs, right? Is that the and status quo, like it's and passive decision making, it's way easier to stay in your marriage and be unhappy than to actually end it. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of drama. A lot of sadness, a lot of anger, a lot of pain. A lot of starting over, a lot, a lot of resetting. Of, a lot of like pain for children. Like families, all that. They're high cost to divorce. And so that's this like status quo thing of like active decision making of like, well, yeah, like this is terrible and awful. And this person is, this is not working out. But you know what? The the drama of changing the status quo is not worth it, Uh you know, until it becomes unbearable and like there's no other choice and then yeah. the, the market fails the market fails That's the housing market crashes yeah yeah that <laughs> right? was not a sustainable yeah. model and not a sustainable model and, uh, <laughs> yeah but but yeah but i think you've got to you've mm-hmm. got to uh put in yeah at least what you yeah. take out and they talk more. about that idea of like too being too many bailouts right yeah you take advantage take advantage take advantage yes. you keep getting bailed out you keep too getting many bailed times. out and then and then it's over and someone puts their foot down. And so their solution is like, you have to be, you have to invest. Yeah. You have to invest right. 
in what you are doing. Um, you are the co-CEO of this marriage endeavor. Yeah. You know, you're not an employee, you're on the board, right? And so you've yeah. got to take action. You've got to have skin in the game. Um, and and they, then they talk about that idea of like when you have nothing to lose, right? When there's not really, it's not that you don't want to do things, you're not, or you don't want to invest in your marriage. It's just that there's nothing really to lose if you don't, uh-huh. right? And that goes back to that idea of like, it could end tomorrow. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I have something to lose, so I better like show up correct today, yeah, right? Yeah. They talk about the... um the example they give is like a baseball player or athlete who's up for a contract. And like, it's, it's amazing. You can see stats of athletes when they're uh-huh. in a contract year Oh, uh-huh. and their stats are always go up. Yeah. And then like the first and second year after that contract is signed, there's almost always a dip. Uh-huh. And then as that contract gets closer to expiring, their stats go up again because yeah. they start and it's not mindful intentional they're trying to do their best every day they want to win but they start training a little less right they may be comfortable feeling a little comfortable they're not fighting for a roster spot that money's guaranteed yeah you know they and so they're not putting in that extra extra one percent that an elite athlete yeah needs Right. right And I, lo- I love that idea of like every day you're in a contract year, y'all. Like we're in contract year every year. Yeah. Right. Right. At, at the end of this year, it's renewed or it's not yeah, renewed. Renewed or not. <laughs> you can renegotiate the and your partner will, and you should expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad we don't have to have marriage agents though? Married oh, marriage gosh. agents. Oh gosh. Oh <laughs> gosh. Emily's willing to commit to five years. <laughs> Five years right now with a possible one-year extension, but she has a trade refusal, like a trade <laughs> opt-out. She can. <laughs> These are all sports things that make very. She has a no-trade clause. Can... <laughs> like, let's talk residuals. <laughs> I'm gonna trade in for a for another for another like veto. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> not be trading for anything. Not be trading. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's um, funny. Oh my gosh, okay. trading. Do you remember that? Um, do you remember the show Trading Spouses? Trading Spouses, yeah. 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 I, I think my family <laughs> once was like, like up for one of those episodes, like had been in the vetting process for really? one of those. Yeah. That's my, amazing. Yeah. Um, my dad and stepmom. <gasps> I think that was the one. They were really looking for a theatrical family. Oh, sure. But I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. they wanted like weirdos. Oh, sure. People that like dressed up all the time. They wanted like theater weirdos. Weirdos. Not right. like professionals, but like right. people who didn't know the lines that, that like between reality and <laughs> the theatricality or whatever. Or whatever their idea of what theater was. <laughs> they wanted like the Artemis from Artemis. always sunny version okay. always of, sunny of, reference. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They wanted that kind of family uh, to trade spouses with like a, I don't know what, like a business family uh, or something. That's hilarious. Uh, we were not quite that unusual, okay. I guess. So, all right, so the last, the last one for this part is incentives or how to get your spouse to do what you want. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, I'm mean, like right? taking notes, taking okay. notes. Okay. How do we do that? So they say the pro- the big first problem is <laughs> nagging. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's all I have to say well, about that one. That's the end of, <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
but they, <laughs> and, and and they say like nagging comes from a lack of trust, right? Ultimately, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what yeah. where nagging comes from. It's like and it requires trust from both people to stop that process, yeah. right? Um, and uh, that was like one of those chapters when we, I was reading it. I was like, oh, this like this person is me. Uh, like this dude is me. Uh-huh. They're talking about like it's like his. He's like very like they're, they're describing him. He's like this like this like British dude who's like kind oh, of a yeah. hippie. You're British. And, like, You're a hippie. I'm not not British or a hippie, but <laughs> th- but they're talking about his. He just he's very like free spirited. He doesn't like rules. Uh-huh. He just kind of like he was always like wants to kind of do his own thing in the way he does it and doesn't want to be bothered <laughs> and the moments and like something he does and the, they were like the moment you tell him to do something even if it was something he cared about didn't care about it didn't matter yeah like he would do something 10 times and if i asked him to do it the 11th time he'd be like well i'm not gonna fucking do that <laughs> how dare you how dare you tell me what to do and like and i was reading that shit and i was like god damn it that is that is right me a hundred percent right um it's like give me the the illusion that a ru- a rule could be there, and I'm going to be like, no, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not, and 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 so I it leads to that, and I think you found like found that to be true is you'd be like, oh. why didn't you do that? And now I've taken a stand, and now I'm not doing it on principle, and now I'm stonewalling, yeah. and now I'm like getting defiant. And you would be like, what? What is happening? The hell? How hard is it is this, to just put your glass is this about, away? you know? And I was like, well, maybe just assume that I could do it. And you were like, what? But you didn't do it. But, but you didn't. <laughs> but you didn't. So why would I yeah. assume that? And it, it really, snowballs, doesn't it? It does. It snowballs. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it becomes like an arms race. It yeah. becomes just like this kind of like the, the temperature is rising. And I think it did, like what they recommend for fixing that is exactly, I think what happened is like it just, it took us getting to a place of like, I don't, like the point they make is like, they interview couples and 90% of partners say they would rather suffer than have their partner suffer. Yeah. Right? 90%. Yes. And so the idea of like a lot of time, like we're not doing these things to make our partner miserable. Yeah. We don't want our partner to be miserable. We want our partner to be happy. And and I think when I f- would find or hear that something I had not done made you unhappy and made me feel that guilt uh-huh. or made me feel shame, uh. you know? And then if like there was punishment on top of it, like I'm getting scolded now and I feel punished. It was like that much worse. And I was right. just like, Ugh. and I think we did have that like very straight up conversation of like, I, I know the things you care about and I know the things you want me to do. Uh-huh. And I cannot promise that I will do them every time. And I cannot promise that I will do them on your on your timeline. Uh-huh. But I will make an effort to do them. Uh-huh. And I need you to give me a chance to do them. Yeah. And and it and it worked. It really did. Like I think that changed things quite a bit. Yeah. And I think what it did make me was made me more aware. Because like that was my biggest issue was just awareness. It's yeah. not that I didn't want to do things that would make your life easier. I just wasn't paying attention. Uh-huh. But I would walk in the door and I'd, or and there'd be a package in the mail. I would open the package and I take the thing out because I'm so excited about the new thing and the packaging is strewn all over. And then you come in and be like, oh my god, 
what the hell? And I was like, oh my God, it's not a big deal. Like, just throw it away. I was going to get to it later. I just hadn't done it yet. And and I think it's just coming to a, coming at it from a different position. It's like, now I look around uh-huh. and I have the chance to be like, oh shit, I did not do that. Uh-huh. And so often I'm like the one telling on myself, <laughs> right? You know, I'm like, yeah. okay, I just have to tell you, uh, I did <sighs> not do that thing. But I'm 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 gonna finish finish the, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna go do it right we now. We have we've had conversations <laughs> like that where uh, I'm like, if you just tell me what's on your mind, right? What's it? If you're th- if you are thinking about uh-huh. it, I don't know unless you right. communicate that to me. Yeah. So if and you've gotten so much better about that, where you know, okay, so there's dishes in the sink yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Um, well, I always like resort to dishes, but um, <laughs> you know, where you're like I. I haven't gotten to the dishes yet, but I'm going to do them. Yeah. You know, like just telling you that, like, I know it's there. I'm tracking right. it. That Have no fear. instills more trust. <laughs> right. You know, in it, me, from you, yeah. in you, from me. Definitely. And, um, and so, but I think it's a balance too of like trusting your partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then also the partner knowing that. Your intent and the result are two different things. Yes. Right? Yeah. What like, I intended to do. I didn't do, intend to disrespect right. you by leaving my shit everywhere uh-huh. and, and expecting you to pick it up. Mm-hmm. But regardless, yeah. that's the result. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so one person being mindful of that mm-hmm. and, and expressing intent yeah. more and then the other person like – trusting yeah. that the intent is good even if the, yeah. even if what what lo- shows up is bad yeah. the result ends up look seeming bad yeah well and how often how that has changed is instead of you pointing something out to me i'm apologizing to you preemptively right is or not necessarily apologizing but, even, but there's but just saying, times hey, like, I gotten hey i know i said i would get to this right and i didn't get to it yeah i'm sorry I know I said I was going to mow this weekend. I didn't mow. Shit yeah. got crazy and I didn't it's do it. It's amazing what a difference that makes. It really does. Like, okay, no big deal. And it allows, like, and it's like, it's the opportunity to realize your own mistakes and your own, the things you're missing and the things you're not getting done and, and, and coming to the table with those mm-hmm. of like, I'm, I wasn't. The best I could be today, but I'm aware of it, and uh-huh. I will endeavor to do better and tomorrow. It, it really does help yeah. instill that trust and mm-hmm. reinforce the trust. Yeah, I, that's great. It's a, it's, a, and it's funny. I never really thought of it from that perspective until reading that. That that's exactly what we had done, and I think that's the coolest thing about these. This book is, you know, if you ask me, like, is there, is this, is this an, what economic principle is that? I'd be like, I have no freaking clue. That's <sighs> stupid. Leave me alone. What are you talking about? But it's like, oh no, it's it's true, yeah. right? Like those um, incentives and those things that we do help us navigate those things. Yeah. Um, and like not getting in trouble is an incentive, and not having friction is an incentive. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, and and not having friction leads to better results and outcomes. For everyone. So why wouldn't I do that? Right. You know, um, and I, I just love that, <laughs> that I, that idea, right. That I have space to like, oh, like come to you and be like, yeah, didn't, didn't yeah. get that done. Uh, but it, it's really funny. 
when we're traveling, what, when you're out of town? Because you're, normally I'm out of town. Uh-huh. And so when it, what usually is happening then is you're like, hey, when you come home, can you do these three things? Right. Right? Like right uh-huh. away. And I'm like, okay. And But when you're out of town and then you come back so often, it's like this, like right before I leave. Because like I'll, I'll just tell you, like if I'm home three days and you're not there, I let that place go to shit for three days. Yeah. And at the end of that, of the end of the third day, I'm like – Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, like, make it right. Here we go. And I get everything uh, like back together, and I do things and get like things where they need to be. But every now and then, my schedule changes. The th- like my the time I was going to do that is suddenly not there, and uh-huh. things are like like the other day we were going home, and I, we had gotten a bunch of things shipped to us, and I had there was bubble mailers all over the table, and I was like stressed about that uh, the entire drive down. I was like. All that shit's out. She's gonna walk in the door. The first thing she's gonna see is like eight bubble mailers on the fucking kitchen table, and it's gonna be so bad. And I was just like, <laughs> turned to you, and I was like, "Hey, babe. So when I left last time, I didn't get a chance to like just like straighten things up. So as soon as we get home, I'm just gonna like go in. I'm just gonna get rid of some of that stuff and clear it out." And you were like, "Huh? Uh, oh, okay, great." No, I think I and think then I've I seen sprinted it. to the door. No, you didn't. I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember getting in and you being like, I'm sorry, this stuff is out. And I was and like, I, and then you took care of it, but I didn't really like. Oh, I was so stressed about that. I, yeah, it, it was like a blip in my memory. Like, didn't matter right. to me as much. Right, but it mattered to me. And I think that's the difference. Yeah. Before, that shit never mattered to me. And it mattered to me a it lot because a it lot. didn't matter to me. Right. You. And yeah. so it has changed. And then I'm like, oh shit, no, that matters to me because it matters to her. And if it matters to her, it should matter to me even more. Well, okay. Isn't this great though? Because like <laughs> that used to matter to me a lot, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And it used to stress me out knowing that it didn't matter to you. So yeah. I felt the burden of all of it. Right. Now you have taken on some of that burden. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to stress out about right. it as much. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like so rare. Wonderful. Now that it happens where like we get into like a place of friction around tasks that need to happen. Yeah. It's very much in like an ebb and flow of like, you said you were going to do this. You're right. I did. Sorry. I'll go do it right now or I'll yeah. do it in 10 minutes or I'll do it in the next hour. You right. know, it'll be done by the time you get back. Great. And right. there's just like that. Or like, I know you never, don't have time. I'll I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. It's okay. And it just like doesn't level up yeah. beyond that. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Yay. So. Y'all, this is only half of the principles. Like, this how is, awesome. Is this like half the book? It's like half the book. Okay. Five principles. Look, you don't even have to read the book now because, just kidding, you it's should true, read you the should. book. It's awesome. We're giving you bullet points at bullet best. Points. And the book is fun. It's hilarious. It's really informative. Um, it's it's a good read. It's not a complicated read. No. And it's kind of dry. It's and dry and, and witty and yeah. humorous. Yeah. You know? It's like us. I love it. Makes me laugh. <laughs> I've, I've listened to it twice now, and it like made me laugh both yeah, times. It's great as much. So, um, okay. So, what does this mean for us, like going forward? Well, I I just love that it it puts in economic terms. I would just like to point out, sidebar, that I've said economic this entire podcast, except this time I said economic. I think both you're allowed. Both are. Allowed. I'm allowed, but I. I just wonder, like, if you're a therapist, what does that mean? Why did I say it this time? But to put it in economic terms, 
these these issues that we come across that all relationships mm-hmm. deal with um it's like a really interesting way of looking at issues that we've addressed in previous episodes mm-hmm. and um and just looking at it in a new light is really helpful yeah but ha- yeah i don't know where do we go from here in terms of these five things i'm i'm like really i'm really into like some of these in terms of like shaking things up mm-hmm. right and making active decisions because i feel like that's where we've been lately and i think of the five of these things we don't really go to bed angry anymore yeah. i mean i mean we do go to bed angry now you know we, oh, we're not uh-huh. as loss averse i think we've navigated um some of those those things like division of labor uh-huh. and incentives and some of those things. So what but, you're saying is what? we need to commit to having sex more. That's not what I said. <laughs> I said we should be more thoughtful about making active decisions. Yeah. I think the, st- I think the, the, uh, the section about being loss averse is particularly around active decision, decision making oh, oh, oh. and status quo bias Okay, is a big one. I think that would naturally lend itself Two more sex just by yeah. degree of like, we're not so focused on what we used to do. Yeah, totally. Let's think about what we can do now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like making the choice. Um, and I think that just lends itself to all things. And I think yeah. having a baby, oftentimes, I think we've very quickly discovered that sex is like an active choice. It, yeah. it, there's very little time to be like, shall I woo you? It's like, <laughs> this kid's going to wake up in 10 minutes, so... We better it's get or never to it. Get busy. <laughs> if it's not today, it'll be next week. Yeah. So let's go. Yeah. It's a different thing. Um, yeah. So yeah. Totally. Uh, so I, right. I'm really excited to dig into that one around loss aversion. Well, okay. That brings me back to a thing I thought about bringing up before. Uh-huh. We talk about Brene Brown and yeah. comparison being the thief of joy, comparing yourself to where you were. Uh-huh. And then, so we're doing this concert that's, yeah. um, which we, I think we mentioned last time, it has a new date. It's August 12th. So it's uh, uh, this Friday. week. Yeah, it on Friday. Friday. And um, hey, the day that this comes out will be my birthday. So that's happy right. birthday, me. Happy birthday, you. Well, I'm Jeremy Berryming. Future hey, hey. Emily, happy birthday. Thank you. I hope you get everything you want. I Yes, she hopes so too. A nap. Uh, a nap. <laughs> In any case, so we're doing this concert, and there's a song that I sing by Sarah Bareilles. There's a quote of hers that says, compare who you are to where you want to be, and you'll get nowhere. Yeah. And so when we were talking about that section, it made me think, like, it's it's not just comparing who you used to be. It's also where you want to be, because I think you always want to be better. Right. And you can't keep comparing yourself to, like... You, the ideal version you of you. You can't compare yourself to a person that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. Can't, it's impossible. But right? but we do it all the time, yeah. you know? I hate the version of me that has six-pack abs. I hate him. Right? Fuck that guy. But, but yeah. But you have to just, like, <laughs> be where you are uh-huh. and appreciate yeah. who you are, mm-hmm. where you are, what you have now, mm-hmm. and make the most of it now. Yeah. Because that thing that's in the future... Is always in the future. Mm-hmm. It's always unattainable. Yeah. True. Uh, and the thing you used to have is also unattainable because that's not you that's anymore. Gone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just more living in the moment mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, and ca- kind of trying to let go of that status yeah. quo yeah. thing. 
That's good. Not thinking about it in terms of like, this decision I'm making is going to lead to the version of me I'll be three days from now or a year from now. But like, like, what I did today was great. It made me better. It made me feel good today. Yeah. And it made me feel better today. Yeah. About what I was doing and where I was going and where I was headed. And before you know it, maybe you become a better person that Mm -hmm. you wanted to be, but... What do you do now? And that's a messy marriage. That is what it's all about. <laughs> so that concludes part one of our spouseonomics chat, which I think was really interesting. Really good. Yeah. And um, and we do have a concert coming up. Yep. I just want to say that, like, thanks, y'all, for listening and bearing with us that last episode. We were going through it. We were in a little kind of a bad mood. Yeah, and and I appreciate you kind of, like, being there for us. So come <laughs> celebrate with us. Celebrate because, like, of getting I, through it. Oh, my God. It's been a couple weeks, and, and it's been a climb, mm-hmm. but it's been really satisfying, really rewarding. Yep. Um, I got through, like, a big work push, and it was... Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Like it was positive. It was successful. And now we're on to this next push, which is this concert. And I cannot wait to finally share these stories with you, to share this music with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's August 12th at Creed Repertory Theater, 7, 7 p.m. And they're doing this cool date night package. Oh, yeah, they are. Which I think is a great idea. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't we think of that? There's a, a Boomtown improv comedy show. Directly after you get our two concert. for one tickets, two for one tickets, fifty bucks for two shows, right? And, and yeah, and you get to support live theater and mm-hmm. like have an amazing time. Maybe learn something. Maybe commiserate with us. Yeah. Maybe celebrate with us. So we hope Definitely to see you celebrate. there. We can't wait to see you at the concert. If you can't make it because you're not in Creed, Colorado, please go to creedrep.org and make a donation uh, on behalf of us. And uh, we hope to see you on Friday. If not, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mess is More. Want to hear more about what it takes to have a messy marriage? Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And share us with your friends and family. You can follow us on all the socials. Find us on Facebook at Messy Marriage Podcast. And Instagram at A Messy Marriage Podcast. Have a question or an idea for an episode? Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. And remember, when it comes to marriage, mess is more. Oh, 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 oh.